And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar kicking off. This is the first recording to our new series that we will be doing highlighting the clown prince of crime himself. Uh, we are titling this series The Joker Character Study, and that's what this is. Mm -hmm. We're going to be doing all sorts of upcoming segments covering all things Joker and really all things Joker across a litany of mediums, and that's what we're going to kick off with today. I am co-host Mike One. This is co-host also, Mike. Mike, before we get into what this is, mm -hmm. why are we doing it? On 10-4, uh, that's October 4th, we're getting the Joaquin Phoenix, Todd Phillips, the Joker from DM, uh, DMC, not DMC, <laughs> DC. It would be a different movie if it was from DMC. Yeah, run DMC. Uh, but I think we want to study how this character even works. Yeah. We've been fascinated by this character for years. There are so many contradictions to him, so many dimensions. The origin story is ambiguous at best. He's funny while murdering people. He's murdering people <laughs> while funny. It's a very strange mixture that somehow results in most of the best scenes in these stories. And just the way the villains talk about him within the story. Right. DC, in the DC universe, if a vi DC villain wants to scare another DC villain, they're telling Joker stories around the cards table or around the campfire <laughs> or whatever. So this is a fascinating character, Mike. Yeah, so we have a lot of things, a lot of segments lined up for you in future episodes. Now, we're going to try to break this down in kind of not holistically talking about the films. We're talking and concentrating on the Joker Character. So what is involved in that is that we're going to be having uh, the future episodes in this series are going to highlight and focus on the different performances that we consider like tentpole Joker performances. Yes. We're going to concentrate on Cesar Romero's portrayal. We're going to concentrate on Mark Hamill's portrayal. We're going to concentrate on Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, etc., etc. Uh, the biggest ones, Jared Leto as well, leading up to Joaquin Phoenix. But... There's been a ton of guys, so a many. ton of men that have portrayed <laughs> the Joker throughout various mediums. So while in future episodes we're going to talk about different things like was the was the crime evil enough to substantiate a Joker type crime? The plots scale, vary. Some of them they are do, terrible. Certainly, some of them are ingenious. <laughs> it, I guess it depends on the writer. I, you, sometimes there's a you know a goofy little sidekick character like a hyena <laughs> of, uh, named Giggles that j the Joker has as a pet in 19. 1977. We've and all been there. The plots aren't as good. We'll also focus on what the actor did and what it took to get ready and get in the right mindset to portray the Joker in those characters. Some of those stories are famously known. Other ones are maybe not so. Maybe you'll be learning something for the first time there. But we figured we needed an episode not only to start off, but we wanted to introduce the character throughout history and kind of get his origin story, the actual character origin down, not his the character's backstory. That's in different mediums and different movies and comics as right. well. We're talking about the origin of the Joker character itself. It's Production. We're going to talk about everybody who did portray the Joker that will not be getting their own solo episode in this series, at least not that we think. Right. We want to highlight all of the other people who played the Joker on this timeline. We're going to structure this episode as a timeline, kind of starting from the inception point in 1940, Mike. We'll go one year before that even. So Batman debuted in Detective Comics number 27 in 1939, and he was popular enough to spin off into his own series of comics. The Joker would eventually appear in nine of those first 12 issues, but that was not the original plan. So the creators of the Joker are now credited as illustrator Jerry Robinson, Batman creator Bob Kane, that we all know the most, mm -hmm. I would say, and finally Bill Finger 
who famously was not credited for decades and who sadly died in more or less obscurity, culminating, at least for me and my understanding of this, in the 2017 Hulu documentary Batman and Bill that shows how the family and some Batman historians, fans, lawyers, documentarians, of course, finally lobbied for this rightful credit. And it was a really cool documentary, and I think you know comic fans around the world are really happy about this in later years. Yeah, I'll be honest. This isn't you know the backstory of of Marvel. I'm kind of familiar with, if mm-hmm. not if only because of the MCU work we've done and all that. But the DC backstory and going back to the origins of the 30s and 40s of all these these comic book characters, not really something I was all that familiar with. So seeing mm. that and seeing how this guy's kind of gotten lost to time. And it's been this new effort to reintroduce him and recredit him for his creation. It's kind of a fascinating thing. So here's the really cool part for us film nerds about that 1940 inception point. All three creators discussed at different times an inspiration for the Joker from the German expressionist melodrama film, Yeah, The Man Who Laughs. This was a novel by Victor Hugo. This was a 1928 film. Yes, it's the most famous iteration and probably the most well-known, at least for American purposes, of The Man Who Laughs would be Universal's 1928 adaptation, which was directed by Paul Lenny. It starred Conrad Velt as Gwynplaine. Gwynplaine? There's no way I said that right, by the the way. Yeah, the Joker's a better name. Uh, so, The Man Who Laughs from 1928 is both a film in which it has its own interesting production story and backstory. So, if you're looking to go down a certain Wikipedia rabbit hole, that one's definitely a good read. And there's all kinds of weirdness that went on with the production of that one. But also, it proves that Hollywood has never changed and has always just stolen and never had an original idea in its life. Because uh, there were at least two other international versions of The Man Who Laughs in different markets. There was a picture in France Mm -hmm. in the early 1900s, and there was one in Germany that was done for a lower budget. And if you look at that picture of Victor von Smorkendorf, what was his name? No, that's his name. Go ahead. Conrad Veidt. <laughs> Gwyn Payne. Yeah, the character there. I'm so stupid, Mike. Yeah, right. well, that's all right. All right. So, right from the jump, the Joker had a basis in film that's really cool. If you look at pictures of Conrad Veidt, it looks exactly like it, like I just said. Yeah. Robinson was studying at Columbia. This is the illustrator. And apparently, he was learning about villainy in fiction, and the best villains were full of contradictions. So he wanted Joker to have this sense of humor. He wanted this mad clown. He loved the dimensions of that. Sinister, but clownish. And that is a hell of a contradiction to start from. Absolutely. And Robinson would also go on to say he wanted a nemesis for Batman that wasn't the typical gangster, but more of a Moriarty-type character, someone with the wits uh, against Sherlock Holmes, as that character has been known to do both through early film and, of course, the stories. And Bill Finger, who's credited with a lot... Nowadays, finally. Mm -hmm. But back then, he wanted to kill the character of the Joker in episode two, or issue two, I guess we'd say. But the producers of the comics disagreed, Mike, and they wanted recurring villains. They thought it'd be a good thing. Finger thought recurring villains would make Batman look inept if he's supposed to be the greatest detective or detector. Mm He, you know, he's not going to look like he gets things done. You if can kind he's... of see either side of that argument, but right. wasn't time so much simpler back then? It's just like, the good guy should win, the bad guy should lose, everyone should root against the bad guy, and the good guy should move on to the next bad guy and dispose of him. Oh, we better not get back to that age. Let's <laughs> keep going down the way. Finger was overruled, though. The Joker did end up appearing in nine of the first 12 issues yeah. of the comic. So, the golden age of comics is said to be the 1940s, but by episode 13, 
13 of this run, Batman becomes more popular in newspapers as a comic strip, and DC realizes both the comic uh, series and the comic strip were selling best and were being read mostly by kids. So they started to de-emphasize all of these pulp elements, you, meaning you know you can't have a serial murderer who kills with Joker venom poison because that's pulpy and that's scary for kids. You need more of a trickster, a prankster, a goofball. And many comic historians say that lasted for the next 22 years. He's more of the prankster than he is the murderer. Yeah, and that also makes sense. I mean, it's not like we had a whole industry of, of Hollywood and entertainment with like 150 years to establish what satire was and sarcasm True. and and how to desensitize yourself to violence like we all are now in 2019 uh but that's also why there was no joker in the first two big screen batman adaptations the first of which came in 1943 with a 15-part movie series entitled believe this or not the batman <laughs> uh notable and that the villain for that series was dr daka a japanese secret agent and not the joker 1943 world yeah. war ii pearl harbor Obviously. Timely, racist. Yeah. yeah, all the all the hallmarks. <laughs> but the Joker would have been better. <laughs> Bit of trivia for your friends if you want to seem cool at your next gathering, because that's what we focus on most here. <laughs> uh, the first actor ever to play Batman on screen was Lewis Wilson. This also brought us to 1949, where Batman and Robin, which was another 15-part movie serial, uh, I guess, episode, episodic. I don't know what the word for that would be. <laughs> the villain is the wizard in that one, in Batman and Robin. So again, popular, but nothing all that special to be sold on. Strange, because the thing becomes a hit after the series, the first issues, have the same villain in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, why wouldn't they put the, the villain in the movies? I don't know. But the Joker is one of the few villains that makes it from the golden age to the silver age of these comics from 1950 to 1972 it is said to be uh, but two major forces sideline him uh, during this age one the comics code comes out and this bans gore and, and innuendo and excessive violence this censorship mike what a different time yeah, it, and then at the same time, I guess, but we still fight. <laughs> no violence this. in comics, and now in 2019 we have The Walking no, it's true. Dead where I, we behead zombies. But we also get mad when the hunt gets pulled for sure. Oh, yeah. so, oh, 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 those type of issues, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we still get mad yeah. at that. So, two, Julius Schwartz, the creator, he's put in charge of the comics, and he doesn't like the character. I wanted to tell you I bring tidings of good greetings from my wife, Alice Schwartz. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Joker character does have a major moment in pop culture from 1966 to 1968 when he became a hit with fans after the portrayal by the venerable Cesar Romero, of course, in the Adam West TV series and movie of Batman. Uh, the series' popularity was a leading thing though a bit of a fad you would think but it was a hit for a time and like hollywood tends to do with hits they basically tried to reproduce this formula for the next generation so they bring in mary tyler moore a comedian and caddyshack's <laughs> judge schmalls schmalls damn it we're waiting <laughs> Ted Knight in the role for the adventure of Batman I have in to one find. season of the animated TV show there in oh 1968. I have to find that somewhere. Because <laughs> I found like the 70s stuff. I got to right. find the late 60s stuff. With found Judge. the 40s stuff too. That whole, the right. Batman serial, that first 15 part serial is all on YouTube. So do the masks get better or worse? 
I don't know. The Adam it's West mask watching. is that's pretty terrible. <laughs> the, but that first mask is really terrible. Yeah, that's right. That's okay. what I was going to say. They don't really do any favors right out the gate there. They get, they get a little better. Okay, so Batman comics, they really took a hit after the show was canceled. Everybody was kind of sick of this character. And the Joker is absent, Mike. He has literally a hiatus from the comics for four years heading into the Bronze Age comics from the 1970s to the mid-80s. So in 1972, they leaned into the madness of the Joker. They sent him to Arkham Asylum, which was then introduced as Arkham Hospital, and the Joker basically gets his own comic. They, he, he is such a popular character again that he gets his own comic. It lasts nine issues, but they had those that comics code. And the rules of the comics code was the villain has to be thwarted at the end. He has to be apprehended at the end. So the Joker was getting locked up at the end of every single issue of these comics. And fans basically got sick of it. The real dichotomy at work there too. Because you have this guy who's... The whole origin inception of his character was that he's this evil murderer, essentially, back mm-hmm. when he's first introduced. He's popular enough to come around and demand his own comic book series, but you have to kind of censor him and neuter him, essentially, yeah. and really take all the bite out of him by throwing him back in jail at the end of every one of those episodes. So why, if he's popular enough to be brought back, you would think he's popular enough to be brought back because people want that unhinged violence, you and you're think. taking away that unhinged violence. They're getting closer and closer to it. At least now he's lethal and he's dealing with the mental illness again. He's crazy. Right, that's true. But you, you still don't have the, the Joker that we know mm-hmm. yet. All right, so we that's kind of the preface that's kind of setting the stage as we're going to get into now pretty much running down every adaptation and every person <laughs> that has ever portrayed the clown prince of crime here. Big shout out to Chris Sims in an article on Looper where he ranked every Joker iteration from worst to best. Uh, we use that heavily throughout this here and we added some of our own research on top of it. Right. But if you want to go check that out for yourself in his ranking to see what he has as the number one portrayal of the Joker all time, you can go find that on Looper.com. Every version Joker ranked worst to best. Let's start running it down, Mike. We'll start with the lineage left from the Adam West TV show. So like Hollywood tends to do, once something's a hit, they just try to reproduce it for another generation. So that. Yeah, yeah, basically they they do the Joker series of comics, which is kind of lighthearted for the most part. Even though fans of that series, I mean, that's one of the hottest collector items out there. It's rare. There's only nine issues of it. People love that. (laughs) Anyway, 1972, we have the new Scooby-Doo movies where Batman and Robin are in one of these going against the Joker with Scooby-Doo. F-Troops Larry Storch is in this. Here are some quotes from this clip from that (laughs) Looper article. Now, Pengi-Wengi, watch me lure them into the room of doom. I can appreciate that. (laughs) Our pit is full how pitiful. I get it. It's a pun. <laughs> this guy's a genius. Oh, they also ensnared <laughs> Batman and Robin into this pit. But instead of letting them fall to their deaths, they fall on a bunch of clown balloons. Well, you don't want to hurt them. You want to be nice. I'd be a terrible host if you just it's let your guys die. Absurd. <laughs> I will say the height of the miniskirt on Robin is way too high. <laughs> It is just way too high for any sex, any sexuality. I don't care what Robin is. I love him anyway. But nobody should be wearing that high of a miniskirt. I guarantee you that's the first time that sentence has been said in history. Larry Storch, the only reason I know that name is from the Larry Storch School of Acting, which was like a two-episode arc in Married with Children back in the day. Really? Yes. (laughs) 
I thought he was a fake person. I thought he was a TV character, not a real human being. But he, he was a big name back yeah. in the day. Yeah. All right, in 1977, we saw some clips from this as well. The new Batman Adventures, Mike, Larry Weinrib, whose most famous role was as Grimace in the McDonald's commercials. That might be the best Easter egg throughout this entire episode. That's the big <laughs> purple dude in the McDonald's whatever uh, character yeah, list. Yeah, campaign. Yeah, the Ronald McDonald, the Hamburglar, Grimace, this, Snuffleupagus. This is That's a, Sesame Street. This is absurd, Mike. Joker has a pet hyena, like I said, called Giggles. Of course. There's a peanut butter and sardine pie joke. Apparently, Robin is the cook and not Alfred in this universe. Okay. Batman. And Batman's like, well, what are we having for lunch, Robin? And, and I hope it's not the peanut butter and sardine pie. And Robin's like, it is. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's going on? <laughs> Mike, from another dimension, there's this elfish character called the Batmite who basically stalks them and who Batman and Robin basically bully. Into, like, go away, Batmite, you're stupid. So is that, like, the Batman version of the Flintstones kazoo? That it, little yes, green alien exactly. that pops up? Huh. It's exactly like that, and it's absurd. Hollywood has never had an original idea in its life. They just keep stealing. <laughs> Doesn't he know it's not polite to point? Is a line from this. So it's just <laughs> terrible. It's just terrible. That brings us then to the modern age of comics, which started around 1986 and is, I guess, still going on today. It's I don't know that. I couldn't find an end point. It might be... Till 92, for all I know, <laughs> and comic people get, getting mad at me. That's when Frank Miller ushered in the Joker into this modern age of comics with mature tales of death and destruction. The Joker was the perfect villain because that's how the character was originally designed, of course, sure. as somebody with violent tendencies that's supposed to, you know... Kill! It's back to the Joker we know, or it's finally to the Joker we know. <laughs> He's also a celebrity in 1986's The Dark Knight Returns Bizarre. by Frank Miller uh, with a washed-up Batman that the Joker pulls out of retirement because he can't be without him. Yeah, when they made the animated film of this a couple years back, mm -hmm. Conan O'Brien plays the late-night talk show host who invites the Joker on the show, and of course the Joker kills everybody in the audience. Oh, really? Mike, this is a bizarre comic to read. I loved reading it. I, I remember passing it at the library at one point. I think this was like five or six years ago. I grabbed multiple books of all the Frank Miller uh, uh, Batman run, uh, Dark Knight Returns in particular. I read The Killing Joke as well. So that's what happens now in the late 80s. You get these hardcore realistic, just everybody dying. Talk about mass murder in fiction. It's crazy in 1988's The Killing Joke graphic novel, I mean, that's kind of the climax to the to, to this age. I mean, they would make a rated R 2016 film, but I w I'm going to tell you, the comic rattled me more than the movie did. Oh, like, really? the comic, there's, there's rape in there. There's, I mean, it is scary, scary stuff. And the movie really didn't play all that well. Mark yeah, Hamill's kinda, good. Yeah, kind of not great reviews. And there was a lot of offense taken at just how dark that cartoon movie went. Yeah, there are all the modern elements of the Joker in, you know, these two properties, I would say for sure. So from 1986, that's uh, 1988, we have The Killing Joke, we have The Dark Knight Returns, and that's going to bring us, of course, to 1989. Maybe one of the, if not the most notable appearance of The Joker would be in Tim Burton's Batman film from 1989, where, of course, Jack himself, Jack Nicholson, he played the clown prince. It really harkens back to the 1970 Silver Age of comics, where The Joker is insane and lethal, but it also draws some of The Joker's public persona from the modern age of comics, especially with how Jack is media-conscious 
is, yeah. like the Frank Miller's Jokers is. To me, it's a bit of a mixture between those two ages, which is kind of cool. Silver Age, Modern Age. Now, again, I'm not an authority on this, but... And you would uh, just say, you just rewatched Tim Burton's Batman last night, and Jack really still jumps off the screen. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. And that movie, it, it has its flaws. Yes. I can't wait to re- kind of review it with the Jack Nicholson <laughs> lens on it. it. He is so good. Okay, so... Coming out of 89, we have a popular hit that kids are loving, and we, of course, we get a cartoon series. So now we enter the Mark Hamill era, which is kind of still going. He's been playing the Joker for 27 years, Mike, on 22 separate occasions, the first of which comes in 1992 when the Batman animated series begins. This goes till 1995. This is the series that I kind of grew up on. Is that the same for you? Absolutely. I can remember vividly at my grandparents' house after school watching these episodes. So there's a bunch of spin-off movies. I recently re-watched Batman Mask of the Phantasm, and it's not great. I know it got an 80-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I was a little surprised by that. It's not great, but you know, 8- to 11-year-olds like I was at the watching the series probably like it more. Eat it up. The best scenes now. That's a gross sound. That is a gross yeah. sound, and you made it, and mm-hmm. you wouldn't want me to make gross sounds no. on the podcast in yeah, previous no. episodes. You you edited me. I got to leave that in now. Now you have to, and now I get one. <laughs> just, no, no. <laughs> I get to do something gross <laughs> later on. All right, no. Uh, back to the Bat Mask of the Phantasm. The Joker scenes with Mark Hamill are by far the best scenes in that movie. I can absolutely see that. Do you think when Mark Hamill, when it's all said and done, his career is finally written, if that ever happens, mm. God forbid... There's a chance, there's a chance his role as the Joker is going to be at least as well-known as Luke Skywalker, right? I don't think I'll ever surpass Luke Skywalker. If you ask 10 people on the street, who's your favorite Joker, or who played Joker in the animated series, maybe two of them is going to know it was Luke Skywalker. I don't think that's true. And they're going to say it was Luke Skywalker. They might say that. That's true. I don't think it'll ever surpass his notoriety as Luke Skywalker. Look, I but love I think you. Mark Hamill's very well known as the Joker. I love an intriguing question. I love an in- question that's going to make the nerd in me just be like, oh, maybe. And I just get really excited. That's a, that is, that's an, a question that made me really excited. You're absolutely just, <laughs> just full not, of not all the shit in the all world. Right. There's no way. All right. I tried. I'm sorry, Mark. I like it, though. That brings us 1997 to 1999. That's when we have the new Batman Adventures. That's an animated series yeah, as Hamill well again. with Hamill reprising his role as the Joker. We had the Superman Batman movie World's Finest from Superman the Animated Series which again was Mark Hamill and one more time in 2000 Batman Beyond Return of the Joker which was another animated movie Hamill again voicing the Clown Prince. Yeah, yeah so I have four younger brothers so I'm done with my own Batman animated series watching mm-hmm. but I'm not because my <laughs> brothers are watching the Batman Beyond runs they're watching reruns of the, the of the 92-95 series, and I also remember the new Batman Adventures. All three of these series are kind of on TV in one form or another right. during that time, and I love the Batman Beyond run. You get this dystopian future, you got this old school villain in that particular movie, the Joker, with this new young Batman. I just thought it was a great twist. Was Batman Beyond the one where the, the Batman's in all black, he's got the red insignia across his chest, and Bruce Wayne's like the, the old, it's an old Bruce Wayne? It's an old Bruce Wayne, he's the mentor character, and it's a young Batman. Right, right, yeah, that. So I did watch this one, yeah. Yeah, he's like the martial art Batman. No cape. Yeah, no, just like a bodysuit. It's like Batman Into the Spider-Verse. Batman S&M. Batman, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) No, not that. 
Never that. <laughs> what else, Mike? From 2001 to 2006, we had the Justice League animated series. Again, Mark Hamill doing the voice of the Joker there, as well as in 2002 to 2003, the Birds of Prey live-action TV series. Well, it was one series, had had one Joker cameo, Roger Stoneburner was the actor, and the character was voiced by Hamill. That's so weird, number one. But this is kind of where my Batman watching stopped for a little while. I, I got too old. I got into high school. I vaguely remember the birds of like the advertisements for Birds of Prey. Yeah, as like a sub uh, a September coming soon on Fox. Guess what? I no longer vaguely remember it because I found a trailer on YouTube. Oh, did Mike, you? <laughs> and oh my God, it is <laughs> glorious. Apparently, Selena Kyle. Yeah. Who's Catwoman? Right. Is played by a young actress, maybe in her thirties, right? Okay. Her daughter is played by an actress in the late twenties. <laughs> what? What the hell's going on? This is so bizarre. Like she is like yelling, "Mother, mother!" And they're the same basic general age. What the hell is going That's on? That's Hollywood for you. We can't cast real aged women, right? No, no wonder this was canceled. This was atrocious. <laughs> And it was hilarious, and yeah, Joker's in one scene in the trailer, I guess is the first scene of the series. So that, yeah, one season of the show, no wonder. So that was a lot of Mark Hamill's doings as the Joker. We'll probably mention him once or twice more before oh, yes. this episode's up, but here's some other people that portrayed the Joker character. We had The Batman, an animated series from 2004 to 2008. Kevin Michael Richardson voiced yeah. the Joker there. He landed an Emmy nomination in 2015 for playing Rosie in Netflix's show F is for Family. And it's crazy that Mark Hamill never never got a daytime Emmy nom or any kind of Emmy nom for his voice acting in, in, as the Joker. He got a couple for some other series, but not as a Joker. Now, that's a, it's a good point. I, the daytime, I don't know enough about the daytime Emmys. They, re, they reward children's cartoons as well? Midday cartoon shows? I don't know. I don't I know either, so. yeah. I, uh, that's a good point, though. You would think if they did, that would be in there, but... Uh, uh, Shame on you. Shame on me. Shame on everyone. <laughs> Batman the Brave and the Bold was a show that ran from 2008 to 2011. Jeff Bennett voiced the Joker there. He's one of the most prolific voice actors of all time, hmm. including voicing the original Johnny Bravo. No. Uh, he provided a litany of character voices for Animaniacs, and he actually did some voices for both the Batman Beyond and the Batman Batman cartoon shows, hmm. but didn't voice the Joker until his run here in Batman the Brave and the Bold. So something I wasn't aware of that spun off from one of these shows, there is a TV movie, The Batman vs. Dracula. This is an animated movie <laughs> yeah. where Penguin awakens Dracula, who then enslaves him as whatever that you call those slaves. As one does. And Dracula then bites much, much of Gotham. <laughs> Uh, much of Gotham. Much of Gotham. Like, he has an army of vampires. Just in one night. Including the Joker. So the Joker is a vampire in this, which I gotta see. That's one of the things that really steps out most to us in this research, is just reading the synopses for all these films that we kind of missed. It's like... We have to watch these. I need to <laughs> they watch. Sound them. really, really I interesting. YouTube clips on it. It was phenomenal. <laughs> I gotta see this. So but, that brings us to 2008, yeah. Michael, and something seminal happens here. Yeah, we get the Dark Knight, 2008 Heath Ledger Oscar-winning performance. This was one billion dollars at the box office. I think gonna, I've heard of it. We're gonna do an episode on it for sure. Uh, and then you, you know, in a fun way, you get like some reactions. Again, you, they want a lot of kid products. They want a lot of children-oriented products coming off a major. Well, I don't know. I mean, a, a 
massive hit. Adult. I'm not going to call that an adult hit. Everybody saw the dark. Well, Knight. look. One of the things we're going to focus on. One of the segments is going to be historical impact of that actor's Joker portrayal. When we get to these individual episodes, mm-hmm. there was certainly a massive outpouring in both commercial items and costumes and everything with Heath Ledger's performance. Everything explodes here. You get five Lego Joker performances in video games from 2008 to 2019. Two were played by Stephen Blum. He's the voice of Wolverine in numerous properties, including Wolverine and the X-Men. One was voiced by Christopher Corey Smith. He would go on to also voice the character in Lego Batman, the movie. And one was voiced by Andre Sogliuzzo. He's probably best known as Sideswipe from Transformers Revenge of the Fallen in 2009. Then, of course, Mark Hamill, who keeps coming in and out. He keeps moonlighting in and out of this series with the stuff that he always did with the people he always worked with and then the people he didn't work with. Yeah, Mark Hamill did one. He is, in fact, Mark Hamill. (laughs) Batman Under the Red Hood was an animated movie from 2010. John DiMaggio, who will go on to voice the Joker a couple different times did this time. He's also the voice of Bender from Futurama, and I will say of all of these movies I've missed out on, Under the Red Hood's the one I want to watch most. I almost bought this yeah. today. That might be something I watch after you leave. I, yeah, I want to watch that too. <laughs> Young Justice was a TV series that went from 2010 to 2013. Brent Spiner did a pretty nice job with this. Data! Fucking Data from Star Trek, The Next yeah. Generation, voice g- the Joker. I gave you some shit about, <laughs> I don't know any of these voice actors, and I couldn't find like stuff on them. I was like clicking some of them. I didn't click Brent Spiner. Yeah. I, I would have known this, but you, you're a different kind of nerd than me. But I, I like Data. I watch some at Uncle Alan's I've house. never been a big Star Trek guy right. at all, but Data is... I would love to see people's general opinions of where he falls on like the most memorable sidekicks in TV history. Yeah. Because he's got to be in, what, the top 50, right? With the new Picard show, I was thinking about doing a rewatch or a watch of all of the... The Next Generation, next generation. stuff. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I was kind of into that a little bit whenever I went over Mike, my Mike and Emmy. That's another thing Mike, we can Mike do for that Emmy. fake podcast that we'll never have time for. Never have time for. <laughs> DC's Super Friends uh, had an episode entitled The Joker's Playhouse and John Kassir, voiced joker here yeah so again another case of a guy with a great past coming to voice the joker character as john kassir was the voice of the crypt keeper name me a more appropriate character to preface your turn as the joker with than playing the crypt keeper so that's tales from the crypt yes it's the same voice basically (laughs) (laughs) that does fit all right so there's a wacky movie another wacky movie alert here justice league crisis on two earths also in 2010 where the justice and in justice league members basically switch sides because another dimension you're working with another dimension another earth mike superman and batman and wonder woman are all bad and the joker is a superhero i kind of want to see this movie too i do too i will give you a dollar if you can tell me or remember the voices of batman and superman in that movie a dollar? Thanks. Yeah. That, no. No, <laughs> no idea. You don't remember? I have no idea. Stephen Baldwin was Batman. No way. And uh, Superman was Mr. NCIS himself. Did you watch? Mark Did you watch this movie? Though? I've never seen it. I just looked at the cast list on IMDb and I was like, uh, my God, get Stephen Baldwin and Mark Harmon in the same room together and just watch the magic happen. That's wild. <laughs> uh, Joker, or in this case, the Jester, for purposes of Justice League Crisis on Two Earths, was played by James Patrick Stewart. He's been on General Hospital since 20. 2011, Mike, I know we're bouncing around at this point, but there is actually a theatrical 
performance of Batman Live that didn't last too long on Broadway. Why would this not be a good Broadway show? I don't know. It probably would be. There's bright, colorful costumes and characters. You could make a couple songs about Batman. Mark Frost played the Joker in this one. But yeah, I, I would be interested to see this. Absolutely. We had The Dark Knight Returns, which stretched from 2012 to 2013. It was a two-part animated movie. Yeah, this is Michael, a Frank Miller. Michael Emerson from Lost voiced the Joker here. Michael Emerson, of course... Best known as that the the one of the others, the leader of the others from Lost. Yes, so like like the comic, this movie was effed up. I watched a bunch of clips on YouTube. I want to see this full movie too. I don't think there's a movie we're going to talk about that I don't want. There's a couple video games. I'm like I can get away with not playing those. But as far as these animated movies, I I, I might make a day of it one day soon. I watched a bunch of clips from the video games too. Those are awesome. Some yeah, some we're, of them we're getting really cool. there. Teen Titans Go also starts in 2013. I wonder if some of our listeners have an attachment to this. This is super popular popular the joker is there he's unspoken in this series though so i think i guess you're getting away from the pulpy stuff mm -hmm. with this series but that's a that's a long run and the movie did well it made 52 million teen titans go to the movies 52 million on a 10 million dollar budget again no joker too dark for kids richard epcar who voiced raiden and it's raiden it's not raiden it's raiden it's Raiden. I'm tired of hearing people call him Raiden. It's Raiden in four Mortal Kombat video games, including the Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe game from 2008, where he voiced both Raiden and the Joker. Uh, he would also provide the voice of the Joker for Injustice, Gods Among Us, and Injustice 2, as well as the game Infinite Crisis. So do you think he got that game and he just played those two characters against each other and just lived in glory? I'm not going to put that on him. I'll <laughs> say for me... You like this game? If I did that... I've never played that game. Mm -hmm. I've never... I've I played Mortal Kombat 10, not 11, but if I voiced those characters and I voiced the two Joker characters in Mortal Kombat versus DC, I would only play with those two characters and I would not... I would refuse to play play with anyone else. Nice. And I would invite people over to watch me play as those two characters under the guise of doing something else. Another big video game franchise happens. Yeah, Batman Arkham and Batman Unlimited. Both of those franchises are voiced by Troy Barker. He's a musician, a voice actor, a video game and animated series respectively, which has stretched from 2011 to the present with spin-off films like Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Another one I gotta see. How is that possible? <laughs> so Mark Hamill also dips into this series as well. He's voiced the Joker uh, a bunch through Throughout this Arkham video game series yeah. as early as 2009. I remember these selling like crazy in the 2010s. Yeah, Again, for a good reason. I have younger brothers who love to, or more gamers than I, than I am. And for the record, Hamill has voiced the Joker in 10 games total, going all the way back for, to 1994. And, and these Arkham versions in particular, you have a scary-ass Joker. I mean, he's long and spindly. He's got the widow's peak yep. hair. Oh, my God. Yes, yeah, so some of the, the Arkham series is just some of the plain best series superhero video games so, ever made. So you know these. Yes, these are, I've, play, these I've played, I think I played three of them, four of them, but yeah, three, three of them are like all-timers. That's cool. Uh, we get the Killing Joke in 2016. Uh, we also get the TV series Justice League Action from 2016 to the present where Mark Hamill is back. You just can't get enough. 2016, of course, is going to lead us uh, away from Mark Hamill into the much debated Jared Leto turn as the character in 2016's Suicide Squad. Leto, best known, of course, from Dallas Buyers Club, Requiem for a Dream. Uh, he was going to reprise this role in Suicide Squad 2. He was 
rumored to get his own Joker movie as well and be in Gotham City Sirens. Apparently that has all kind of fallen by the wayside. Yeah, they were talking about two universes of two Jokers. Like they are holding on to him, I guess, yeah. contractually or something. I don't think that's going to happen. But I, it confuses fans. Leto has since also moved on. He's going to be doing a new superhero property anyway. He's going to be in Morbius, Mobius. I don't remember the name of that, right. but that's what he's tagged for. Uh, there's some more Joker appearances in fun Batman movies. The Lego Batman movie in 2017. Zach Galifianakis voiced the Joker in The Hangover. I love that movie. I just rewatched it. You like did last love week. that movie. Yeah. It was in your top ten. It was my number ten. It was a great movie. It's, it's hilarious. Fun. It's a fun movie. And Galifianakis is good. He's always yeah. funny. Batman Ninja, Mike. This was an anime in 2018 where Veep and Arrested Development's Tony Hale voices the Joker. Can you imagine Tony Hale going crazy with this? It'd have to be the most neurotic and unsure Joker ever. Look, this is a 30 percenter on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, no. <laughs> but I still kind of want to see it. Just want to hear Tony Hale's performance? Well, I watched some great clips from the Batman Ninja video games, and I want to see I want to see those clips, uh, more of those clips, and I want to kind of see Tony Hale You're do this. You're slowly coming back to the gaming world through exercises uh, like this. I one. enjoyed some of these, like whatever they, story breaks they take in the video games. I yeah, enjoyed the vignettes. And I loved those when I was a gamer, back to the Zelda Mario days of Nintendo 64. Folks, that will date me. <laughs> Harley Quinn 2019. This is an animated TV series coming out this year with Steve the Pirate, Wash from Firefly Serenity, Tucker from Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, and K2SO from Rogue One. This is Alan Tudyk. He is the man. I can't wait to uh, hear him do this at some point. I, I will try and watch an episode of this show. Is he going to be like a pirate choker? I don't know, but he, the man can voice act. He does have a good he's voice. He's really funny, and he's he's a kook. He, he's the greatest. <laughs> All of this, of course, is leading up to what will be our last individual look and individual character study of the portrayal of the Clown Prince of Crime in 2019's The Joker, the Todd Phillips movie, played, of course, by Joaquin Phoenix, which is getting a lot of love. I've seen sprinkles of, like, Oscar hope out there in film Twitter. I've seen people talking about WB being very high on this movie over all wow. it's Joaquin Phoenix so all of us are just intrigued naturally because he is a character actor's character actor so we were up and down on the trailer we reviewed it a while back mm -hmm. and then we heard bad buzz and now we're hearing great buzz yeah. not just good buzz great buzz like he's going to win film festival awards so we're like oh my god this is going to be a major thing for the Oscars it has precedent with Heath Ledger we love the character we want to understand how the character ticks we want to understand the writing angle the performance yeah. angle we're going to do you know like like you said behind the scenes stuff getting into character segment on how the actors prepared for these roles we're going to talk about uh, the casting stories on how they took the roles in the first place talk the discuss the historical significance, and then, of course, we'll break down the performance in the film uh, throughout the spoiler section. I think we'll have non-spoiler spoiler sections to these. These will be a little bit shorter, we think. God willing. Then, you know, Tarantino <laughs> stuff, hour and a half. They have to be. Yeah, we're kind of, <laughs> but we're going to have fun with this. It's just preluding our all the horror efforts when we do horror movies in September and October, because this is a horror-adjacent property. I mean, he definitely Certainly. is a horror horrific villain. I mean, he's coming. the, the property's coming out on October 4th for sure. a reason. It's right in that sweet spot where people are kind of expecting their, their horror movie goods to come. Yeah, I expect a horror movie. I kind of do, too. At least a psychological one, right. uh, for sure. The breadth of quality, which with the Joker's performances have been treated with over the years, is also something really interesting. Joaquin Phoenix is aside, because we only have that to speculate on right now, but we have, we're going to cover everything from a literal cartoon portrayal mm -hmm. to an Oscar-winning portrayal. We have something that should have probably been contested 
contending for an Oscar in Jack Nicholson's. We have something that was very polarizing in Jared Leto's. So these, I don't know what we're going to have, five or six individual episodes where we're covering, again, it's going to be uh, Cesar Romero, Jack, Mark Hamill, Jared Leto, Heath Ledger, not in that order, uh, Joaquin Phoenix as well. So that'll be six individual ones we're planning right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a wide range of kind of uh, discussions about quality and portrayal and decisions that were made. Yeah. And again, we're not going to go in-depth into these films, more so that we're going to dive into the character itself, have some fun with it, like Mike said, and hopefully... Uh, Best scenes of every one of these movies yeah. is the, are the Joker scenes. Probably the most captivating villain of all time. Uh, everybody, who doesn't love the Joker? And that's probably... Probably why anytime somebody portrays him on film, on screen, they are held up to the highest scrutiny possible, which is what leads to very emotional outbursts like we get when we have Heath Ledger, like we get when we have Jared Leto cast, etc., etc. So that's us setting the stage for what is to come with this Joker series uh, for you all going forward here. We, of course, want to know your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns about this and anything else we cover in the MMO universe. Who was your favorite portrayal of the Joker to get this ball rolling? Mm. Uh, Have you seen the Cesar Romero ones, uh, either from the TV show or the movie? back in the it's day. It's going to be so bad. It's going to be so much fun <laughs> to talk about. I can't wait. Uh, guys, we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram. MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com, .com, and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts, whether that's TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. If you are on Apple Podcasts, if you can take a couple seconds out of your day, if you appreciate what we do here, and just click those five-star reviews. We keep on asking because we keep on needing those. Uh, you guys have been doing a great job so far a few more of those we'd really really appreciate it trying to get to those 200 five star reviews yes. so we can send out this application that we're kind of sitting on for right now Michael uh, any words of wisdom and something for these people to go home with uh, and what are we doing next so on the wisdom front watch some of these clips on YouTube it's fun yeah, you know, like th- that we referenced throughout the episode a lot of these portrayals are ridiculous and, and funny and awesomely bad and some of them are great yeah uh, you know, all these, you know, ancillary projects. And there, we couldn't list all of the projects. There's another 10 or so <laughs> that we actually didn't list because it's just too many. But in terms of what we're doing next, we got the two weekly news variety shows, MMOW. You guys are loving that, clicking on that like crazy. We thank you. Oscar Race Checkpoint, that is our uh, award season news-related show that you guys are loving and clicking on like crazy as well. We're really appreciative for all that. We're going to review some new movies, I think, one a week. We don't know what we're doing this week necessarily. We've had a couple that were up there, and we don't know what we're going to pick yet, so there's an awkward moment for me (laughs) that I'm just going to talk too long over. No, but we're going to do some new movies, and we're going to uh, continue with those weekly shows, and uh, we got this new rewatch series. I don't know if it'll be one a week. There's a couple weeks where we may not be able to squeeze it in, Mm -hmm. but we gave ourselves a two-week cushion. Yeah. You know, leading into October 4th. So you may not have it like, you know, eight out of the next 10 weeks, something like that. You not have it two weeks. And speaking of awkward, I totally forgot to mention there was a specific reason we didn't mention the portrayal of the Joker from the Gotham TV series because it wasn't the Joker at all. It was just a guy named Jerome who was looking like the Joker, but the creators knew they couldn't make it the Joker because the timelines didn't match up. Yeah, it's weird. And there's also a spoiler from one of the later comments about. You know, do I want to give it more than one Joker? There's more than one Joker. It's crazy. In there, it, but yeah, one yeah. of the recent jo- yeah. Uh, yeah. comic book series. Yeah, a lot of stuff. 
lot going on with this crazy character. character. All right, guys. Uh, like we always say, uh, when reality sucks, you can come watch movies with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. Uh, put a smile on that face. Give us a good creepy laugh to go out on, and we will see you <laughs> next time. That's not the opposite of that laugh. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> yeah.